It began in Africa. Ka, 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 ka. Welcome to the Whole of the World podcast. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, it's going to be the African Nations Cup, the African Cup of Nations, the AFCON. Um, I'll call it a million different ways during the podcast. Um, so I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be talking about in a minute. But first, um, a game for anyone listening at home. Um, if you can count how many times I laugh at my own jokes or laugh at myself um, during the podcast, if you can count that accurately, then you and uh, you let me know. Contact me on Twitter uh, at Holeball, and you'll be able to get some Hold of the Ball merch uh, as soon as it's designed and made and printed and available. You can have it. Okay, right on the uh, podcast this week. I'm going to rattle through this quickly because I've got a lot to talk about. I'm going to be talking about the um, sort of a League of the Week this week, it's Competition of the Week, and the AFCON, the African Cup of Nations, African Nations Cup. Um, so I'm going to be talking in detail about that, tell you about the history of the tournament, which are the best countries, who's won it the most. Uh, there's a few stories in there that I've discovered um, while I've been trolling the internet for lots of information some great stories there and some profiles on players and countries so that'll be good and then we've got uh, the play of the week uh, so it's the it's going to be again sticking with the african theme uh the uganda goalkeeper i'm going to talk briefly about and my moment of the week um madagascar again a great team one i've enjoyed following and uh, i'm going to be talking about their penalty win uh, and later on, I'll be talking about Yaya Toure, uh, an African hero, African legend. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, his journey in the AFCON and um, his uh, proudest moment in the tournament. So I'll be talking about that. Uh, I won't be talking about uh, a roundup of the different competitions. I plan to, but there will be a, an extra bonus podcast later in the week discussing a roundup of the Copper America and the Gold Cup. Uh, so look out for that one. It'll be coming in your ears very shortly. And uh, the I'll also be uh, giving a quick shout out to uh, the next fixtures in the Afcon, and what I'll, what I'll be watching and uh, other games that I'll be watching and telling you about very soon. So uh, join me after the break for part two on the Whole of the Ball podcast. Welcome to part two of the Whole of the Ball podcast. So as I said in the introduction, it's uh, African Cup of Nations, AFCON special today. Uh, I've got a lot to get through, so um, I've had to completely restructure uh, this podcast and I'm going to create a, a bonus podcast uh, later this week because uh, I've just uh, I've got too much to fit in this week. Uh, so I'm going to crack on and talk about a tournament that I've um, grown to love uh, more and more every time I watch a game. Uh, it's it's a it's a crazy competition. Um, so the um, so yeah. So the way I restructured it is I'm going to talk about uh, the competition now. Uh, so how it's been over the um, the length of it of its uh, competition being in existence. Uh, I'm going to talk about. Uh, what's going on this year um, and where we're up to in the tournament now uh, I'm going to talk about uh, on a, uh, later in the, the podcast I'm going to be talking about uh, one of the uh, successful uh, winning captains of the competition in Yaya Torre uh, but uh, if we go straight into the, 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 the competition now I just wanted to say first 
Um, I've not had much experience of watching the African Nations tournament, uh, the African Nations Cup even. Uh, I'd watched it a few times just to keep track on uh, some of the stars of the Premier League, like uh, Yaya Torre, uh, Didier Drogba, and then yeah, uh, players that have been high-profile in Europe, like Aubameyang. Uh, so I've watched it in, in tournaments before, uh, but it's this year where I've really got into it, tried to learn more and start to understand the competition a bit more and um, I kind of, I've kind of got a better idea of what the competition is now and it's similar to, to, to what my idea is of, of Africa itself um, I, I see Africa so this is an uneducated opinion apart from a couple of holidays to Tunisia and Cape Verde um, I've never been to Africa uh, true Africa not that Tunisia isn't or anything but just you know, I've I've never been there. It's definitely on my list to do. Uh, but I, as the, my impression of Africa, is a powerful, passionate, wild, free uh, continent uh, where anything can happen. Um, just pure and alive and raw. Um, so that's my uneducated opinion of of Africa. Um, and I I think this tournament mirrors that. Uh, just looking at the fans in the crowd, I mean, this year the crowds have not been great. Uh, it's been hosted in Egypt. I don't know why the crowds haven't been great. Um, it looks quite empty, some of the stadiums on the telly. But uh, when you look at the, the, the fans that are there, they seem to really enjoy it. Um, all brightly coloured clothes, uh, body paint everywhere, uh, all singing and dancing together. It looks fantastic. Um, and and the, the, what's happening on, on the field, you've got really competitive games where you've got uh, tackles flying in everywhere players just getting up and getting on with it referee not making too much of a fuss on, on some of these, these challenges it's just a, a wild and free tournament I've, I really enjoy um, so I'm going to uh, go give you a bit of history on the tournament uh, like I was saying I'm, I'm, I try and get a bit of information a bit of background a bit of research on um, uh, the competitions I, I look into and it's not just to um, just for the sake of it to get all the information uh, I think you can really understand the competition if you know a bit more about it uh, its history um, who are the key people key countries or clubs um, in the competition that have made it um, made it made it into prominence really uh, so if you understand those little areas and little intricacies and, and quirks of the league you can enjoy it a lot more so let's go um, so if we start with the uh, Af African Nations Cup, AFCON. I keep getting confusing myself with the name of it because it has changed. But let's call it the AFCON from now on. Uh, so it was first held in uh, 1957. Um, it's grown in, in in over the years from three teams in the competition to in this World Cup. Uh, this African AFCON has gone to 24 teams. Now the first one should have been four teams. Uh, but uh, South Africa uh, got kicked out because they, want, they wanted to... Uh, I don't know why I'm laughing, it's not even funny. But they wanted to select um, a team of entirely white players. Uh, so rightly, um, they were kicked out of the tournament. Uh, obviously, apartheid uh, times in South Africa. Um, so thank God things have changed over the years there. But they were kicked out, so when it was just three teams... Uh, since 1968, it's been every two years. They've changed it a little bit. Um, to, to make it in odd years so it doesn't clash with the World Cup uh, they've also changed it in recent years uh, to be a, a summer tournament rather than uh, 
uh, our European summer tournament rather than usually taking place place in January or February, uh, just so uh, this it doesn't impact on the players that play in Europe and uh, just so it gives it a wider audience really. A lot of European fans uh, miss their home leagues when it's after the mid-season break. Uh, so it's great to, to get an opportunity to, to get into this. Um, so yeah, um, the current champions are Cameroon, as they won the last one. Uh, the most successful over the years has been Egypt, so they've won seven uh, Afghans. Um, so yeah, I mentioned about um, the complexities and, and the changes in, in the competition with South Africa being kicked out. Uh, there's there's a lot many complexities of this competition with different teams coming and going, um, uh, different quirks that I'm going to go on to, um, and I think that's, that's it's, like I said earlier, it's typical of of Africa, uh, such a wonderful, diverse, complicated, mixed, and uh, unique place continent in the world. Uh, so this tournament definitely reflects that. Um, so yeah, they, they switched the, the tournament, the, the plan was to switch the tournament from January to June um, uh, for, for the European summer, uh, but uh, with it being held in Egypt, it clashed with Ramadan, um, so they, they moved it to July. Uh, that brings me to an, an interesting point with Africa, uh, with the, the Northern African teams uh, being uh, close to more um, the Arab countries, uh, are, are more... Um, uh, more Muslim um, populated or uh, population with uh, more uh, Muslim uh, religiously um, it has made some of the the northern um, African teams uh, seem separate from Africa I know there's been a debate uh, of whether Egypt are more Arab or African uh, but they they believe they're, they're African and they're proud to be part of Africa um, so um, yeah, they're rightly allowed to host the tournament, which they have done on, on a number of occasions. Um, we mentioned the, the the quirks and unique parts of the uh, of the the, the tournament. Um, every different story and cover uh, of unique aspects of the competition just doesn't surprise you. You just you just get used to it. This is an amazing place Africa is. I mean, just if we start with one example. That uh, like the Ghanaian team in 1963 won the Afcon. Uh, they won it two years later in 65. But they only had two players from the previous uh, uh, winning team. Uh, so there's a lot of changes uh, in that team. It's not something you'd see in many other competitions around the world. Really, that the competitions that close together. There's a lot of World Cups four years apart. They still have a lot of uh, the same squad. Uh, so that's an interesting one. Um, just like the changes in the Ghana team, there's been a lot of changes in the competition over the years. Uh, some I've mentioned already, uh, but um, in um, 1982, sorry, 1982, uh, they changed a, a two overseas players rule. So before then, uh, they, you could only have two players in the in the squad uh, that played the football uh, outside of of Africa. Um, so this um, this uh, this tip, you understand these why. Um, Local lawmakers make these these laws or rules um, that would encourage the best footballers to stay in Africa and help their leagues and help their their development in, in their own countries. Uh, but um, it was the right decision to allow that to change in eighty two. So you, uh, in more recent years, you've seen 
lots of different uh, African players in, in the top leagues in Europe and the, and the leagues in top leagues in Europe are better for it uh, for the traditionally more athletic, strong, determined uh, African players that uh, have played a major part in a lot of a lot of trophy winning teams. Uh, so yeah, a change in eighty two. Uh, other changes over the years, uh, we've, we've been for political reasons. Mentioned uh, South Africa, the apartheid. There's other countries that have had uh, other uh, incidents with uh, wars and political unrest that have uh, meant that they've had to drop out of the tournament uh, or, or not enter. Uh, there's been other unfortunate instances as well, uh, tragedies, if you will, uh, over the years. Uh, there was um, a, a plane crash. Uh, that, um, that that killed uh, the, the the Zambian team. Uh, so this was in uh, April '93. Uh, they were heading towards a World Cup qualifier, and um, the, the, the plane crashed. Uh, and uh, uh, the uh, let me say this right: the Chipolo Polo team. That's their nickname, the Copper Bullets. Uh, they all died uh, except the, except for the captain. He played for PSV and he was due to be arriving on a plane later on. And there was another famous name, Charlie Masunda, uh, who was playing for Anderlecht, who was injured. And there was another player that wasn't allowed to travel due to work. Um, <laughs> it's interesting that someone would not be allowed off work to join in a tournament. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately for him, saved his life. Uh, but the, um, the, the a rebuilt team, uh, so the... With the the, the 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 three players that had uh, missed out on the uh, the tournament and the plane crash um, were part of a team that rebuilt and uh, they made the, the the final of the Afcon in '94. Um, so didn't quite manage to win it and um, won one for the for the fallen comrades. Uh, but um, they returned back to Zambia as, as heroes anyway, and, and rightly so. Um, there's also a tragedy involving the Togo team. Uh, their uh, team bus was attacked, and I'll speak about that a bit later on. So moving towards recent years, uh, 1996, South Africa were allowed back in, and uh, they they won won the tournament the first time back in, in 1996. Uh, so uh, with uh, political progress uh, in in that uh, that part of Africa, uh, allowed them to to re-enter. Uh, so. Uh, Egypt, a team like I mentioned already, they won the most tournaments. They won uh, their third AFCON in a row in 2010. Um, so that was um, after the tournament went back to back uh, to change the, the, the running order for. Um, oh, sorry, it was it was after that that after they won th- Egypt won three in a row that they went to odd years, uh, back to back to back tournaments in 20, 2012 and twenty thirteen. Um, so they could get it in the, the years that don't clash with the World Cups. Uh, in that year, 2012, uh, Zambia actually won uh, the Afcon. They, they beat Ivory Coast on penalties. Uh, this was a, this is an amazing coincidence or um, of of feat or whatever you want to call it. Uh, they won um, against Ivory, Co- Ivory Coast on penalties in Gabon, uh, and. Th- the the stadium where they won the Afcon was only a few hundred meters from the crash site of the 1993 air disaster uh, that killed uh, the majority of their national team. Uh, so it was a a special moment for them uh, that, um, that that must have uh, felt great, almost like a redeeming 
um, win and one that they could um, they could celebrate the the, the fallen heroes of of the past. So uh, good for them. Uh, I was watching that that game because um, I was what was keeping an eye on uh, Yaya Torre. It was one of the, the tournaments he played in. Um, I was I was hoping that Ivory Coast would win that tournament with the players uh, that I knew from the Premier League in that team. But uh, when I learnt, knew the story about that, I'm I'm glad uh, Zambia won. Um, and then uh, 2015, uh, the competition should have been in Morocco, uh, but they were worried about the Ebola virus. I uh, apologise, I keep laughing, but it's just uh, the the kind of things that you come across in this AFCON, uh, you just don't get in other tournaments, uh, that they were worried about the uh, Ebola virus, uh, so they moved the competition to uh, Equatorial Guinea. Um, and there's other other reasons why tournaments can be moved or taken off hosts. Uh, in fact, this year, 2019 competition, uh, it should have been in uh, Cameroon, uh, but they had to take it off them uh, because of the poor infrastructure. Uh, so they felt that they weren't uh, in the right place to host the tournament. Uh, and also, there was a Boko Haram in surgery. Uh, so uh, this is this is this is Africa, man. It's there's a lot of complicated things going on, a lot of issues that uh, you, you might not expect in more, more so-called stable parts of of, uh, of the world, uh, particularly in, in Europe. Uh, it wouldn't be these kind of issues you have to deal with. But this this is Africa. Uh, it's a wonderful, fantastic, complicated place. Uh, so yeah, the um, so this this twenty nineteen uh, tournament has been great. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, so this is the the first summer one uh, to go in line with the European seasons. Uh, but uh, uh, one thing I've noticed looking back over the history of this tournament is uh, a lot of the competitions have been won on penalties. Uh, I think this is pretty unique compared to other other tournaments, uh, other competitions. So when I have a, have a look over, uh, well, over the past just over twenty years, uh, if you take the period of time between nineteen eighty two and twenty seventeen, eight of those nineteen competitions have been won on penalties. So not shy of half of those um, on penalties. Uh, so that's uh, pretty interesting, and and that's uh, I think it's played out this year. There's been a lot of really competitive games, a lot of tight games. Uh, with uh, late equalisers that have led the led to the the, the matches going on to penalties, um, and as 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 a neutral, I absolutely love penalties. Um, I say neutral, you as you're watching these tournaments, you pick a team you like, you want them to win. Uh, but when it's not your club or your country that you're so passionate about, uh, penalties are amazing to watch. Uh, I just always feel really sorry for any <laughs> players that miss the penalties. It must be heartbreaking. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they, they, that's a, a, a feature of this tournament, and one why I think um, a lot. If more people watched it, they would enjoy. Because who doesn't like a penalty shootout? Okay, unless it's England, then uh, you don't want to watch it. <laughs> but right, um, yeah. Looking back at the tournaments, I mentioned Egypt uh, have won the most with the seven, and some of the more famous countries are some of the countries with the most famous players over the years uh, uh, up there with the records. So Egypt seven, Cameroon five tournaments they won, Ghana four, Nigeria three. Um, Another quirk about this, which I find really interesting, is that the 11 times over the years the hosts, whoever has been hosting the African nations, have won the tournament. Um, I thought this might be the case again this year. So Egypt themselves have won three tournaments that they've hosted, uh, but they've been knocked out this year after being strong favourites. 
but that's an, an interesting one to watch that so if you've got uh, Cameroon if Cameroon do host the tournament uh, next year then uh, they may well be a shout and so uh, that's one to look out for for the next time a couple of years time um, I've discovered a lot of stories uh, I love these little stories about individual players managers or, or whatever that I come across when I'm doing research on uh, the different leagues uh, so I'm going to speak about a couple of them now uh, conscious of time so I'm going to rattle through these um, there's, there's been one um, British, the only British manager to have won the competition is an Englishman, uh, Mike Smith. Sounds very English. <laughs> uh, he was the manager of, or became the manager of Egypt in 1985, uh, led the team to victory in the uh, 1986 uh, Afcon. Um, so he's the only one Englishman to, to win out as a coach. Uh, he didn't have a great managerial career, and uh, he only played at amateur level. Uh, he played for Corinthian Casuals. So I, I I don't know about you, but that to me, to me it just made me think of a very uh, a proper gentleman uh, respecting the rules of the game, but wearing a load of Adidas and Stone Island. <laughs> so that's the impression I got from that Corinthian casuals. Uh, but anyway, he's, he led the team to victory so far, the, the only British manager to have done so. Um, that, that particular year... Uh, the the player that scored uh, the most goals uh, is a player that's won the tournament twice uh, and also had success in the World Cups. Roger Miller. This is a player I remember from the nineteen ninety four. Uh, sorry, the the World Cup in nineteen ninety. Um, and what what a great player. Uh, he's he, he did one of the, the greatest the most the, the greatest celebrations ever in the World Cup in nineteen ninety. He was thirty eight years old. Uh, he scored four goals in that tournament and I was celebrated by dancing at the corner flag. Uh, that's, that's the original goal celebration that many think that inspired all these weird and wonderful celebrations that you see today. So whether you love them or like them, it's maybe it's his fault. <laughs> um, so Roger Millay, he helped Cameroon be, become the first African team um, to reach the World Cup quarterfinals. Uh, and he actually played in the World Cup four years later at the age of 42, Roger Miller. Uh, he's, he's the oldest goal scorer in the World Cup, uh, scoring against Russia in the 1994 World Cup. Uh, so good, good on you, Roger Miller. And I checked on him, he's still uh, alive and going strong today. So well done, you. Um, another story that I've, I've, I came across, I mentioned earlier, it's, not, it's a, quite a sad one, uh, but with a, uh, a nice twist at the end. Uh, so, in 2010, the, uh, the Togo national team, uh, their bus was attacked um, by some local terrorists. Um, the, uh, the, there was three, the, uh, three people killed, including the bus driver, who was assistant manager. Um, none of the players were killed, seven were injured. Uh, it was a half an hour machine gun attack uh, on the bus uh, with their uh, players ble- bleeding and screaming. Uh, Adi Bayor was on the team. It's, I know it affected him a lot, a lot, and he, he helped look after some of the players and get them to hospital. Um, one of the um, people who got injured was a goalkeeper called uh, Obilale. I think that's how you say it. Um, and his injuries caused his, uh, the end of his career. Uh, so he was someone who didn't have a lot of money and uh, wasn't in a great place. But uh, his uh, countryman... Uh, Adibayo uh, helped him financially, and also uh, Samuel Eto, uh contributed to help him get him back uh, uh, on 
on his on his getting back on his feet, albeit on crutches. Uh, a nice end to this story. He's uh, he's now a, a football coach for kids. Loves coaching young kids. He stands at the side of the pitch with his crutches, tapping his crutches with his wedding ring like mad, making a racket to get the kids' attention. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's good to see that the um, the, the the game that uh, he loved playing uh, caused him to be involved in such a tragedy. Uh, he's still uh, still paying him back uh, by giving him something to do in the game. Um, so I just want to tell you uh, one last story uh, before uh, I, I tell you a bit more about the competition this year. This is a, a story I, uh, I discovered about a player called uh, called Lumala Abdu, or Abdu Lumala. Uh, Lumala is the family family name. He's Ugandan. Yeah, I've enjoyed watching the Ugandan team. Um, I love the way that they, when they're appealing to the ref, come on ref, give me a free kick, with big teethy smiles on the faces. Uh, so they're not shouting and bawling at the referees. They're just these big happy smiles, and uh, I, I love that. I wonder if uh, more referees would give you decisions if people had that kind of attitude. Uh, but yeah, he's he's part of that team. Sadly, got knocked out. A uh, um, his story, Lamale. He's uh, his dad wasn't around growing up. Didn't know who his dad was. Who's believed to be um, uh, a local uh, popular businessman of the area that uh, allegedly fathered a lot of children, uh, but it was just his mum that brought him up. Um, she died at the age of ten, so it was for his auntie to look after him. So she saved up a lot of money and did the best she could do for him uh, by buying him a bus ticket and to send him from the, the village they lived uh, to a local city, uh, so where he could make some money. So at the age of ten, he's moved to the big city. He's washing cars to make money and living on the streets. Uh, just to just getting by by making money off uh, washing cars. Uh, he, as the story goes, he bumps into or meets uh, some European tourists who, who uh, hear his story, who want to help him out, uh, stay club together, and get him uh, um, on a, a flight to um, to Sweden. Uh, so he's, he's uh, alone on his own in Sweden, doing what he can to make money washing cars again. Um, he gets in contact with a migration charity who help him get on his feet and uh, uh, what the uh, when they knew his story and knew how much he, he loved football uh, set him up with a local club that helps him out not only with football boots but with shoes as well and that he didn't have him himself uh, so he's uh, he's played a lot of games in the Swedish leagues bouncing around some of the lower divisions of Sweden uh, he's playing for a club in the top flight in Sweden now and representing his country so uh what a wonderful story that he he's, he's, he wasn't destined for much. Uh, had a horrible start in life, but now he's representing his country at the African Nations. So, love his story. Um, so, yeah, I just want to uh, mention a couple of things about the tournament over the year. Um, I mentioned Samueletto a moment ago. Uh, he's the all-time scorer with uh, 18 goals over six tournaments from the AFCON. Um, although um, other notable names have scored a lot of number of goals with Drogba uh, with 11. So right, uh, the latest games I'm just going to whip through because uh, I want to get as, as much as possible. Um, this this tournament has been great for me. A lot of the uh, unfancied countries, a lot of the the countries with uh, uh, lower expectations for performance have done well. Uh, so Benin uh, beat Morocco on a, on penalties uh, without missing a single pen. Uh, so well done to you. 
Uh, Madagascar, I've mentioned on this podcast a, a few times as well, a country uh, and a team I really like. They've done really well. In, they topped their group in their first ever AFCON, uh, famously beating Nigeria, and uh, they also beat uh, Democratic Republic of Congo on penalties, and they didn't miss uh, a single penalty. Um, Tunisia uh, beat Ghana on penalties without missing one, just like Madagascar. Also like Madagascar, they were winning late in the game, suffered a late equaliser that took the game to extra time and then pens uh, but they had the, the mental strength to continue and get the win uh, so good luck to them um, Ivory Coast, they beat Mali uh, it was more of a straightforward one uh, with a Wilf, uh, Wilfried Zaha goal that's his second AFCON since deciding to represent Ivory Coast rather than England uh, he was actually born in uh, the Ivory Coast uh, but uh, many fancied him to play for England uh, but uh, he's there one of their uh, best players at the moment and doing well for them so good luck to him uh, Algeria beat Guinea they, that was quite comfortable 3-0 Mares amongst the goals um, Nigeria beat Cameroon um, they, was, they were the strongest side of in a, in a five goal game winning 3-2 um, with the uh, Scorers at other both end, end, ends of the scale with the uh, old man uh, Igalo, uh, famously of Watford, uh, getting the first goal, and uh, um, uh, Iwobi. I think he got a couple of goals, Igalo, and Iwobi, Alex Iwobi of Arsenal, uh, young pup at 23, uh, he got the last one, so that you got a nice mix in that squad of old and young. Um, this year, uh, Egypt did, did look good, like I mentioned before, that, that they were knocked out by a late goal versus South Africa. Uh, so uh, I'll mention later on in the, the next part of the, uh, or the later part of the podcast, uh, of how um, the ties set up, how the draws set up for the later stages. And I'm going to be looking forward to seeing how that t- turns out. I think it's going to be another, another memorable African Nations Cup. Uh, so thanks for listening to that section. Uh, so this is now the end of part two. Hello and welcome back to part three of the Whole of the Ball podcast. I enjoyed talking about the African Nations Cup, the AFCON in the part two. Uh, so now I want to go on uh, to a regular feature, uh, which is the uh player of the week and the moment of the week um so i'm sticking with Af- african nations cup i really enjoyed this tournament and uh, my player of the week i want to start with uh it's a player only featured for a small amount of time uh to be honest uh, well at least a small amount of time that i uh saw him uh, it was the goalkeeper so this this goalkeeper is a right character. So he, um, to me, he looks a little bit overweight, although I'm not really one to speak about that. Uh, but uh, I'm talking about the uh, Uganda keeper, uh, whose his name is uh, Dennis Onyango. Um, he, he looked like a, a completely crazy goalkeeper, uh, rushing out of his area to try and clear balls. Uh, getting caught out of position uh, on counter attacks, so he ended up having to run back and make last it latch last ditch tackles in the box. Uh, it looked absolutely crazy, running all over the place, but then redeemed himself with some great tackles. It was one tackle um, 
on pass either on the edge of the box or just inside. Um and if he gets this tackle wrong, it's red card penalty or at least free kick in a dangerous area. And he just made a fantastic sliding tackle uh, to take the ball off uh, the player. Um, and it was, yeah, he's, he's, he just made that game more exciting. You know, you just watch a game and you see a, a player and you just think, I like, I like that guy. And uh, he actually saved a, a penalty later in the game from Sadio Mane. Um, so he's, so I forgot to mention he's already on a yellow card when he did that that tackle, absolutely crazy keeper, but uh, loads of good fun to watch and uh, so he's my player of the week. Uh, so now the uh, moment of the week, I'm going to choose uh, Madagascar again, the team that I really enjoyed watching uh, during this uh, Afcon tournament. Um, so my moment of the week is their uh, penalty win. Uh, against um, Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, qualifying for the AFCON in itself was a historic uh, feat for Madagascar, so it's the first AFCON. Um, they never even entered the first seven editions, so they got the federation up and running, team organised, and didn't even bother to enter. Uh, so they had, uh, they got uh, failed qualifications. Uh, they withdrawed, for, withdrawing from qualifications. Uh, there were times when they didn't even enter. Uh, it's just you got just a, a dodgy um, infrastructure or, or not um, a suitable infrastructure for the football authorities there. Um, so it's been a bit of a, a palaver, but now. Uh, they've uh, they've made it to the Afcon and they've been a welcome addition uh, to this version of the Afcon with the extra teams. Um, they top the group unexpectedly, um, and they, they they've pulled off some great results against Nigeria and now this one against uh, um, this this one on penalties against uh, Congo. Uh, so the. Uh, I wanted to mention the something that's unique about the get one. Another thing that's unique about uh, Af- the African Cup of Nations tournament, uh, like I mentioned with um, Wilfred Zaha uh, choosing to play for um, Ivory Coast rather than England, uh, there was a, a French-born um, uh, player with the Malagasy roots. That means he comes from Madagascar. Uh, and that's uh, Jeremy Morel. Uh, he's a veteran Leon defender. Uh, he's made his debut for um, Madagascar at 34. Um, so he's they've added some steel to the to the squad, um, encouraging a, a professional, well, it's proper professional football, uh, to represent the um, the country from of his roots. Uh, probably the more professional, organised setup of the um, Madagascar team probably encouraged him a bit more to uh, to come and represent his his country. So he's he's helped them and he's got other players with little or no experience in the game doing a, a great job. Um, so the the one on penalties without missing a penalty. I'm uh, really excited about this team. There's a lot of the big nations been knocked out, so. I, I would absolutely love it if this team won it in the first uh, at their first proper attempt. Uh, it's unlikely. This is a lot of teams that are left that are still capable of beating them. Uh, but yeah, let's let's hope they can do well. Uh, so that's my 
Moments of the week, Madagascar win on penalties and the player of the week, Uganda keeper Dennis Onyango. And that's the end of part three. Welcome back to the Whole of the Ball podcast, part four. And this, this is a section I've been really looking forward to discussing. Um, one of the, arguably one of the greatest African players, uh, Mr. Yaya Toure, uh, or his proper name, Gnir Gereri. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, to me and you. Um, he's he's played um, 101 games and scored 19 goals for Ivory Coast. Uh, he's competed for them in uh, three World Cups: 2006, 2010, 2014. Uh, but it's what makes him qualify for my podcast and this section today. Uh, his performance in the African Cup of Nations, the Afghans. He played in 6, 06, 08, 2010, 2012, 2013 and 2015. Um, they the, the, the were runners-up in uh, 06 and 2012 uh, that I mentioned earlier today uh, in, the, in the, the podcast. And they finally won in 2015 and he was the captain of the team uh, when they won the tournament. So, like I said before, when he uh, lost on penalties uh, to uh, to Zambia, I was really rooting for Ivory Coast uh, to win that year. Um, it made it a bit better um, to take them losing with this story uh, for, for Zambia getting that win. Uh, but um, for him to come back and win again and this and on penalties again, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, it'd been... Uh, Voted uh, African Player of the Year, um, four times in a row. I'll go and get on that to, into a minute. But in the build in the build up to this tournament, he was performing. He performed at a great level at Barcelona. Performed at a great level at, at Man City, winning trophies, and uh, it was a pivotal moment for him. He's uh, after he'd been African Player of the Year for a decent amount of time. Finally, gets his hands on the trophy. Uh, that um, he wanted to win for his country, so um, just get, um, so he said, uh, yeah, he said it was a pleasure to win the tournament with his uh, with his brother, and the rest of his brothers uh, from uh, in the nation. So he's obviously referring to yeah to Colo Torre, his brother there, who played in that team. Uh, the um, when they won that, they topped the group. Uh, it was a group in- including uh, Cameroon. Uh, which they beat. Uh, they beat Algeria and uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, Yaya scored in that first in that game, and uh, they beat. Uh, it was Ghana. And they beat in the final on penalties, nine eight on penalties. Uh, they actually missed the first two penalties, including a shocker from um, Wilfred Boney. Um, so they missed the first two penalties. Still ended up winning the the penalties nine eight. Both Torre brothers scored in the penalties. Uh, I've got to give a special mention to uh, the goalkeeper, Bubakar Barry. Uh, he scored his penalty. Uh, I love that. I love seeing a goalkeeper take a penalty uh, in a shootout. It's great when they can win the hero uh, for scoring as well as saving. Uh, so, yeah, that brought an, um, a great end to that story of uh, him playing for his, his, his country there. Uh, so I mentioned uh, yeah yeah I've been uh, African player here four times, uh twenty eleven twenty twelve twenty thirteen twenty fourteen. It was a bit surprising twenty fifteen he didn't win it considering that was the year he won the African Nations Cup. Um, 
Aubameyang won that year. Um, that was his best goal scoring tournament for Gabon, uh, even though they did leave at the group stages. Uh, he did have a fantastic Bundesliga campaign, um, and he's done great for Gabon overall 24 goals in 59 games so far. Uh, so, not a bad player to lose out on to. Uh, but yeah, that was my uh, section on Yaya Torre, an African great. So pleased for him that he was able to win that tournament for his country at last, uh, play with his brother as well. Okay, so that's the end of part four of the Holo Ball podcast. Welcome back to the fifth and final part of the Holo the Ball podcast. Um, I really enjoyed doing this uh, today. I've been surprised pretty much of uh, yeah pleasantly surprised about how much I've enjoyed this uh, African Nations tournament. Uh, so it's been really good to get to know a little bit more about the history of the competition, and uh, I, I feel like it's a competition I understand more and uh, one I'll be able to enjoy more going forward. Um, so now this is just to what I talk about what I'm going to be watching next or and even recommending you watch if, if you want to pick this up uh, and come along with this with me. Uh, we've got uh, a schedule now and the uh, for the next stage I mentioned some of the results there uh, with some of the teams uh, uh, earlier on. Uh, so we've left now with the knockout stage. Um, I'm recording this later than I expected to so a couple of these uh, uh, results have come in now. So in the uh, in the Quarterfinals, we've got uh, Senegal, Benin, uh, and uh, Nigeria versus South Africa. So the two results are coming for those uh, with the stronger sides, uh, the, the sides predicted to win, winning those ones. So uh, and and those uh, are one within ninety minutes rather than going to penalties, uh, unlike many games in the tournament so far. So Senegal and Nigeria are through. Uh, in those games, so uh, uh, on Thursday, uh, tomorrow are the are the two games I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, Ivory Coast versus Algeria, uh, some good Premier League talent in in that in that fixture, uh, so uh, let's see who who gets through in that fixture. So that's the games I'll be watching, um, about five o'clock kickoff Eurosport two, in the UK. Um and the the one I'm really looking forward to is Madagascar versus Tunisia, and some of the Tunisian fans, uh, in the stadium for the last game were amazing, including one really big fat guy that had a bright, <laughs> brightly coloured uh, paint body paint all over, uh, with a big elephant and everything Tunisia written across his chest and big picture of an elephant painted on him, uh, so it'll be good to see their fans. And uh, I'd absolutely love it if uh, Madagascar get through to the next round. Uh, it might be beyond them to to win the tournament, being so inexperienced. Uh, but uh, let's hope they can get through and uh, um, play one of the uh, more fancy teams in the later stages. Um, so that's uh, this week, and the, there's not long left on this African Nations tournament now. Uh, we've got the uh, semi-final on Sunday, the fourteenth of July. And the final on Saturday the 19th of July. Uh, so it's been a great tournament so far. Can't wait to see how it pans out and see who gets their hands on the, the trophy. Uh, the trophy is a, a beautiful trophy. It's, uh, it's almost like a bust, like um, wide at the bottom, uh, made out of gold. 
sculpted in and then out again up to a big uh, bulbous point. Um, so yeah, it looks, it's a fantastic trophy. Uh, so let's see who gets their hands on that. Uh, finally, I I want to. There's a couple of games uh, I'm going to be keeping an eye out in the Canadian Championship. Uh, so that's like the uh, FA Cup of Canada. Um, the the moment the well, the the fixture I've got my eyes uh, eye on is uh, Halifax Wanderers versus uh, Ottawa Fury, and that's a Canadian Premier League side against a USL side. So that's kind of like second division in the US, uh, even though they don't have promotion relegation. Uh, so two two teams from different tournaments, and Ottawa uh, were actually going to join the Canadian Premier League and didn't for whatever reason. That's going to be a feisty one, so that'll be good to watch. So I'll be keeping an eye on my eye on that, and whoever wins that game will play Toronto uh, in the next round, uh, a top MLS team. So that will be interesting. Uh, so the last point I wanted to make is uh, to thank two people uh, very quickly. Uh, the first, um, top bloke and youth coach, youth soccer coach, uh, football coach, uh, my mate Ian, um, his uh, love of football um, encouraged me uh, when I first started getting into football, so I wouldn't be as mad on football as I am without Ian, so cheers. And uh, finally, uh, our kid, our Martin, um, up-and-coming country music DJ um, and all-round top bloke, um, his enthusiasm for any project or activity or whatever he gets involved in, his enthusiasm is so catchy. Um, he's encouraged me to uh, get on board with this podcast. So thank you to you too, gentlemen. And thanks for anyone listening to the podcast. Um, the more the merrier. Tell your friends. <laughs> Keep on listening. Thanks again for joining me on the Whole of the Ball podcast. Thanks again. <laughs>